Welcome to The Real Deal, where we get real about what it takes to succeed. Whether it's wealth, health, relationships, or finding your purpose, we talk to the masters to uncover the secrets to defying the odds and creating your own rock star legacy. I'm Doug, and after working on multiple Grammy-winning records as an author, transformational speaker, and your personal translightenment coach, I'm committed to your growth and success. And now, here's the real deal. Welcome to The Real Deal On, brought to you by urockspeaking.com. Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Did you know that speaking using your voice is the most powerful way to grow your business? Then go ahead to urockspeaking.com and learn how you could master your game, master your message, message your marketing, or message your marketing, master your marketing. You know what I'm saying. I'll edit that later. Welcome to The Real Deal On and my dear friend, Greg Caroli. We've known each other for uh, what, 12, 13 years, I think. Yeah, a long time now. And it's great to be here. Yeah. yeah, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Think, God, how long ago was it? I mean, 2008, 9, 10? No, eight, before nine. that. Before that. Would have to be, yeah, uh, seven or eight. Because uh, I started with Tony, uh, with Tony Robbins. I started with him in 07, I think. And my first, my second cycle on the road, so it was probably about a year and a half or so into it, uh, was Milwaukee. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we, we connected there. And, and the brief story, and I'm, I'm sure you could attest and relate uh, as an entrepreneur, and we'll talk about this, is uh, how important networking is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Networking is critical, and it's kind of funny. How, how we met. And, and I don't know what it was at the time, but there was uh, I knew Tony was coming to Chicago, I think at the, at, at the time, which mm-hmm. is why you were in Milwaukee. And I, I thought, you know, I wonder if there's some other Tony people here in town. And I just, I, I suppose this may have been my first foray into trying to network really, I mean, really network through LinkedIn. And I found, and that's how I found you and we connected. Yeah. But the, I, I think the odd thing was, or the funny part about it was you just got to Milwaukee, like, two days before or something or three days before and we're, we're at a golf outing when i reached out to you yeah yeah oh yeah because oh that's right you know what i won at that i won a uh, a football what's the the team that's in there the green bay packers yeah the green bay packers uh, those guys I, I am so not a sports guy and like when when i um i went to it and i was like i know i'm gonna win something right i was like, i know i'm gonna win and uh there was some cool stuff that I was like, oh, I hope I want, I want, that's what I want to win. I ended up yeah. winning a signed football by uh, the Green Bay Packers. Well, it, that, I mean, that's fantastic. And this is really a testament to the entrepreneurial spirit, because if I remember correctly, you just showed up, all of your possessions that you were moving into this temporary apartment hadn't showed up. You didn't have golf clubs. So you're like, hmm, how can I meet people? I think you went to a play it against sports or something and bought a set of golf clubs and said, you know what? I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to go out and, yeah. and do this. I, I still remember that. What a, what a cool story. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, it's, uh, it's so powerful. And, and I will say um, to that uh, story is you, have, you become great friends, but you and I like 
you gave me so many resources when I got there. Like you were just like, Hey, you know, call this guy, call that guy. And, and I, some of the people who I connected with, I, I still talk to, to this day. And, wow. um, it's, it's really powerful. The, you know, when you get around like-minded people, right. The, that power of proximity that you just create this group of like rock stars. And I'm, I'm privileged to be part of that group. Well, you know, and I, you know, thank you for that. And you're right. It's, it is getting around like-minded people, but it's also understanding that um, in today's world, in, in the world back then, long before then, and, and long as we go into the future, networking and networking the right way. But you only, the, the right way partly involves understanding that the, the people that you're referring or being referred to understand that there's value present and value to be shared, and, and you can really help one another out. It's when it comes from a good place mm-hmm. that you have these sustainable relationships. I mean, we've been so close. I, I mean, you, I feel like you're my brother uh, in life. Yep. And, and that's because we've been able to contribute to one another just the same way you've been able to contribute to th- these other people's lives that you're still connected to. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I mean, it, again, it's a like attracts like because you, you do the same. You've been, you know, you're yeah. one of the most caring, like down to earth uh, guys I know. And, and I, I love you for it. What well, <laughs> you too. My kids and wife might say differently sometimes, but you know. Well, that's that's to be expected, right? Uh, so I in my we didn't really do an intro to really share uh, who you are. So I'll do a quick backup. When I when we first met, I believe you had relatively recently sold your HVAC company that you had like taken from some great number to some incredible number. Yeah. And kind of like, yeah, I kind of done with the HVAC model, like world. And, and you kind of took a leap into entrepreneur, like as a coach, a trainer, uh, speaker, developing your own organization, your own company. Yeah. And so the, the very, the very uh, short version of this, so the shortest version I can provide is um, I bought my family's contracting business and I had to pay them. They took all my money and then they took a whole bunch more, which I had to borrow to, to buy the business. And, and I, I grew up in it. And I, I left that business, went into another industry, came back, bought it. Uh, yeah. And I built it up and sold it. So I, I'm not going to divulge the numbers, but I will tell you gross sales. Uh, the company went up almost 80 times in four and a half years. Huge. Now, I would like to say that's all attributable to me. The fact is, it, it wasn't. It, there was a lot of organic growth, but we bought a lot of businesses and rolled them into it. Um, and I, I was fortunate enough to be surrounded by people who were significantly better than me in so many different areas that made it all possible. Yeah, steering the ship is one thing, but that only gets you so far. Right. So I was really surrounded by a lot of great people. And about a year before I sold that company, I was asked to do a talk at a sales conference. And I had made my, a name for myself in the contracting world and the finance world uh, in terms of my ability to sell and close and develop salespeople on top of it. And one thing led to another. And when I sold that company, I think I was sitting around the house for, and this is, this is um, yeah, this is about the time we met because uh, I sold that business in December of 08. So I think I was sitting around the house for about a month and my wife, Kelly said to me, she goes, you know, as long as I've known you, you've been a workaholic, you were raised a workaholic and I've never seen you this much. I don't know who you are, but I don't like you. You need to go out and do something. So get the F out of my house. All right. And then I'm like, all right, what am I going to do? And so 
I started really, really thinking about it. And I had a couple, I had a couple talks at sales conferences coming up and I thought, you know, what is it I miss the most? And the thing I miss the most is something I was not doing at the end of my contracting days. I, I was, I was leading a management team. It's great. It's running the organization, which is great, but I miss selling and I miss sell, salespeople and I miss developing salespeople. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, back then, if, if I was having a rough day, I would go sit in one of the sales offices and just, and just try and absorb and soak up the energy. And it always made me feel better. So I decided to, to build a sales training organization. Um, and today, you know, it's all these years, that was, you know, early 2009, all these years later, here we are still doing the same thing. And everybody, I think everybody in life gets to that point where they say, you know, I think this is what, what God put me on, on this earth. This is what he put me on this earth to do. Now that could change in 10 more years, but I have to tell you, I love every single day I get up. I I love every single conversation I have with, with customers and prospects, good and bad. Mm -hmm. Um, It it just jacks me up and juices me. And I I will continue to do this and help as many people as I possibly can win and whatever their definition of win is in, in the realm of sales. Well, so let's talk about that for a moment, because uh, as we we both know, and and I'm sure you know, usually everyone who gets attracted to this podcast um, understands the importance of mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's so in, important that we have the the right mindset going <clears throat> into anything, obviously. And when you just shared how much you love sales and you, you love the aspect of you love the helping win and all that, but if you were to get even a little more granular, what are some of the your relationships? What does sales mean to you? How do you like position yourself like to overcome like when you just shared, oh, even when it's a bad sale or bad prospect or not so great time, and yet you still are going, ah, but it's just still awesome. Like what is what is it that this all means to you that you have the ability to keep moving forward in a, a rather competitive and saturated market? Yeah. So, and, and I'm hoping I answer the question the way you're looking for, but I'm going to answer it the way that makes the most sense to me and, and for people to really understand. <laughs> uh, oh, good. So I, I guess I should probably divulge that like all people, I've had challenges and bad days. Um, some of them really awful days. If you were to get into the nitty gritty of it, you'd find out I had a CFO who embezzled a ton of money from the company and I wound up owing the government uh, a couple hundred thousand in what he embezzled and didn't pay them. Ooh. But a couple hundred thousand that you owe the, that you owe, you know, the state and local governments for not paying sales and use taxes uh, quickly escalates with fines and fees to $800,000. Wow. And so when you, when, you, when you wake up one day and find out you have to call an attorney to, to start negotiating and doing all this and arrange payback and, and whatnot, it, uh, it, radically, it radically alters your system. Um, I, I think, you know, and I, I've had numerous challenges over the years like that, you know, the, not, not that severe. I, I can tell you the, the first real one that hurt me, that hit me hard is I almost got fired twice by my father when I first got out of college for, for being terrible at sales. It's horrible. Didn't know how to sell the right way. Uh, that, and that was, that was utterly humiliating because here I am, the, you know, the, the, the boss's kid. And I grew up with all these people. You Tommy Boy. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> and you know what? I think I was partying like Tommy Boy too at the time. Okay. Well, that explains that. <laughs> that does. Uh, but I learned to sell the right way and I wound up doing very, very well. 
um, I, I still remember the first conversation I had with my bank when I bought my family's business. I, I thought I had the, you know, the, the world by the, you know what, and I got this phone call from the bank saying, Hey, you know, you have a line of credit and we don't know you. We'd like to come meet you. Please come tomorrow with your, with your balance sheet. Okay. So I, I sit down in front of these two bankers and I'll never forget this conversation because it really impacted me in a lot of different ways. But they, they started out the first two minutes talking about this wonderful 20 plus year relationship they've had with my father and how successful he was and how wealthy and this and that. And of course, my head is going like this. This is the greatest meeting in the history of meetings. Um, and then I, I'll, it's burned in my mind. One of the bankers goes, now let's talk about you. And that's exactly what he did. And I just kind of sunk down in my chair like, oh God, here it comes. And essentially the gist of the message was, we've never met you. We don't like you. We don't know you. We don't trust you. And if you don't fix your inventory position on your balance sheet, which happened to be overstated by a factor of probably three or four, uh, and that's what collateralized the line of credit, um, he said, you're out of here. And so it was my first big taste of like, (laughs) what did I get myself into? Right. And so what's my message here? My message is that you, you, in order to deal with the garbage that comes your way, whether it's in business or life or relationships or health or you, you name whatever you name it, advice given to me a very long time ago, and it's something we're passing along to our clients today is every day you have to wash your mind because if you don't, it will get polluted. Every day, if you don't wash these things, they're going to be filthy. Every day, if you don't do something to fill your mind with positive, uplifting, inspiring messages, content, or do something to take care of yourself, your mind will become an absolute filthy garbage dump. And there is absolutely zero positive way or zero way at all that you could ever handle any of life's challenges, no matter what those challenges are. But I, I think it all starts first and foremost with everyday programming your programming your your mind, your body, your soul. I, I would love to say I program my body every day and exercise. Uh, I started to recently, again, after recovering from some injuries physically, but every day you've got to, you know, if your thing is to journal and that works for you, great, do it. If it's to read something funny, great, do it. If it's to listen to an uplifting podcast, if it's the watchdog on the real deal, do it. Whatever it is, do it. But for God's sakes, stop filling your mind with all the crap on ABC, NBC, Fox News, CNBC, all, all those networks. I don't care what your political beliefs are is all bullshit and it's polluting your system. Mm -hmm. I I can tell you right now, I'm looking out the window. It's I'm here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's a beautiful fall day. It's there's not a cloud in the sky. The leaves are turning. I don't need to turn the weather on to figure out that it's probably fifties to sixties. And I don't need a raincoat. I don't need to do that. Not as much information you need when it comes to weather like that. Pretty much. And I'm not getting paid to tell you that. Um, I know that there's an election in 17 days. I think I think it's 17 days. Um, I already know who I'm voting for. I'm not going to get into that unless I'm, and you force me to, Doug. But um, I just know that if I turn the news on, if you turn the news on, you're going to hear two warring parties going at it. You're going to hear about a hurricane that's coming through the Gulf. You're going to hear about riots and protests. And it's important but it's all garbage and that can't be your only source of information and source of motivation. So you want to learn to pivot and get ahead and deal with problems of life. You first got to go work on this and it has to be a daily thing. You miss a day. Trust me, you just move the line and suddenly it's easy to skip another day. Every day it happens. 
I was talking with Kelly last night. Um, uh, I forget what we we're talking about, but it's something to do with uh, the kids and school. And they said, well, what happens if they do this, whatever this was? And I can't really recall the whole story and I probably shouldn't be telling it. So I'll speak in generalities. I said, well, they just moved the line. That means now the, you know, because they, they stepped over it, I said, there's a new line. And suddenly the more and more and more you push that line, your standards completely radically different mm -hmm. place. And suddenly you are not the person or that is not the organization you thought it was. And that, and that happens in our daily lives. It's all these little decisions and little choices we make, but they can have radical long-term effects. I mean, it's what's, what's the, um, you know, you, well, you, you've been in, in the substance industry, in a uh, substance health and recovery industry for so long, uh, for such a great period of time, mm -hmm. you know, that, that person who's recovering, well, it's just one sip. It's just one glass of wine. It's not, it's not going to lead to anything else. Well, guess what? Maybe it's one glass of wine today, but six months from now, you've been brilliant. I had that one glass that one time and suddenly it's two glasses and then it just blows up on you. Like, how did I get here? Right. And it's so dangerous. And to that point, you, even before you brought that up, I, I recall, I still vividly remember a conversation with someone who had, he had relapsed and he came mm -hmm. back and, and I see him, you know, and, and whenever someone would come back, you know, we would always give him, you know, Heidi and I anyway, I would always give him a big hug and welcome him back. We're not going to make him wrong. Like, you know, they already, they already feel like crap. They don't need to be, you know, me like, oh, pff, you again, you know, so it's like, you know, give him a big hug and welcome him back. And, and I was like, you know, what happened? You know, so, you know, do, do, like, so we could learn from it. Like, what'd you do and what could you do differently? And he goes, well, you know, I, I missed a meeting and, you know, I, I, it was easier to miss another one after I missed the first one. Yeah. And then it was either missing. And then, and then I started feeling like bad about it. And, you know, next thing you know, you know, three weeks goes by and I haven't been to a meeting and. You know, and then uh, kept going. And then, of course, I was just like, well, why, why don't you just, you know, pick up the phone and and just go? And he said it got to a point I couldn't I, I didn't even think of that anymore. Yeah. And I said, so what, what do you think you do next time? And he goes, I, I hadn't even thought about it. Like he didn't he hadn't even gotten to that point. And he's like, oh, if this happens again, if I miss a meeting, I'll just do two the next day. And right there, he just he just had this sense of relief. Like, uh, wait, I, it's not the end of the world. I, I mean, it, obviously, I don't want that to happen, but I can do something about it before it gets too bad. And yeah. similar to what you're saying is like, you know, it, we've got it's got to be a daily ritual. And sometimes it happens that, you know, hey, you know, the something okay, couldn't make it to the gym today. Well, that doesn't mean you just give up all is lost. Couldn't, you know, watch the video, read my thing or journal or whatever my strategies are. And that's why it's good to have multiple strategies. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a comment you made to me, God, five, six, seven, eight, nine years ago, whatever it was, was like every day you wake up is a do-over. Mm -hmm. But the thing you have to be cognizant of is that those do-overs are eventually going to run out to start making the most of that do-over. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm pretty sure you told me that many, many years ago. And I thought, I thought, you know, that's, and I've thought about that in so many ways over the years and how, how profound that, that really is. It's kind of like when people say, God, I'm so blessed. Okay. Well, what are you doing to, to earn that blessing? Mm. Okay. Eventually you're not going to be so blessed. 
And it's because you didn't do anything to continue to earn those blessings, whatever those blessings might be for you. Well, and you know, it's so funny, like we can go a little uh, philosophical here at this point um, because of all the craziness that's going on. It, it's, it's really got me thinking about stuff and um, how, how important it is as well to uh, embrace the resistance at times, embrace the, that there is going to be challenges that ultimately, you know, as an entrepreneur, we're met with challenges all the time. You know, and mm -hmm. it's funny, I was just uh, hanging a good friend of mine, uh, Julio Gonzalez. He's been on, on the show. Super, super successful guy. Just bought another company like he's just he's crushing it. And we were like we we're at a Dolphins game. He and God bless me, he invited us to a Dolphins game in his box and all that. And he was still talking about how, you know, he's still having to every day do what it takes. That they're still getting resistance, even though he's crushing it. And even though he's doing amazing, he's still got to work really hard yeah. and smart and surround him himself with the right people and all of that. And like, when I look at the philosophy of things, it's almost like in life, we've gotten <clears throat> like so spoiled with an expectation that things should come easy that, mm. you know, that, so like when we get that resistance and, and so we're talking sales now here, you get someone saying no. And we're like, Oh, okay. I guess they don't, you know, this why might as well not do this kind of thing. And actually, we need that resistance in order to grow. We need that resistance in order to add value in, yeah. with context. A absolutely. It, all your fulfillment in life will come from overcoming all your, let me rephrase this. All your greatest fulfillment in life will come from you conquering a challenge. Yeah. Me handing you $1,000 or me handing you a victory will make you happy for a moment or two you will not be fulfilled. When you actually have to put some effort and some grit into it and overcome some adversity, that's when it has, has meaning. That's when it adds value to your life. That's when you'll, when you'll become fulfilled. And the interesting thing about sales is, I, I think for a lot of people, sales was kind of the fallback profession. It's like, oh, this didn't work out. I'll just go into sales. And they have- You don't realize what no, it is. What's that? They don't realize what an art and skill it is. Oh, it is it is absolutely an art and a skill. It is absolutely a mental game. It, in anything you want to succeed at in life, there, there, there's there's two games to win. One is the art and skill game, as you've just said, and those are things you can learn and practice and put into place. The second game that you have to work on, and this is something I'm working on with my my children who are competing in school and competing at sports at a very high level now, um, is is the mental game, and that's more important at times, and mm -hmm. most of the time. In sales, the mental game is everything. Yep. There are people, the overwhelming majority, and, and I don't want to pick on salespeople as a universal group, but I'm, I am going to pick on them as a universal group, having worked with hundreds of thousands of salespeople over the years. The overwhelming majority of salespeople are salespeople, but they're not sales professionals. Right. They don't do what it takes to win. They don't do what it takes to help their prospect understand the real meaning of the value that's being provided. They don't do what it takes to get to the close. And here's the whole thing. It, sales is a very much a skill game, but it's much more of a mental game because if you can't get past a no, or you can't even get yourself to ask to even get a no or get a yes or get a, well, let me think about it. You're never going to succeed. And unfortunately, most of the people in this profession don't even go that far. Mm -hmm. So they don't know what it, they don't know what it is to overcome adversity. I think a huge part of the challenge today, um, and especially with the younger generations, now I, I'm 47, 
So I don't, I don't consider myself old. I'm, I'm right there. Although my kids might say otherwise. Um, I, I think the younger generations today have been raised in a way where they've never had to deal with adversity. And they're coming into a world where they think they can, they can hide behind a screen like this. And yes, we're all hiding behind screens like this for the time being. Um, but that's, that's not putting them in front of any challenge and it's not working. And they've, they've not been exposed to the adversities uh, to prepare them for some of the difficult situations that are going to arise later in life. And you know what? It's not about sales. It's not about hearing yes or no. It's about life. Life is full mm-hmm. of adversity. Um, and if you are not prepared mentally and physically and skill-wise, you're going to fail and it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt bad. You might not realize it at first, but when you look back six months ago, look back a year ago, look back 10 years ago, like, geez, what if? Like, I, I, to, your, to your point, you mentioned earlier, like, how did I get here? There are people and more people than we're aware of that are asking that question. How did I get here? Now, here's the great news. It's a do-over today. It's a yeah. do-over tomorrow. You can reverse course instantaneously, but all it takes is a decision. But the decision is probably the hardest thing I have to anybody have to ask anybody to 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 do anything to do, um, because it means you're cutting off everything else. Like it's yeah. time to move forward and go in another direction. I've had enough. Uh, the um, when this whole pandemic started, I, I will never forget this. So my my uh, I think it was the first Monday in February. I woke up to approximately 11 emails and I can go back and count them, but working with big global accounts, most based in uh, Europe or, or in, in, the, in the Asia Pacific region, I woke up to roughly 11 emails all canceling. Like we're done, not doing anything because over there in other parts of the world, this, this, this COVID-19 hit and it, they changed all their travel policies and everything. And I still remember walking downstairs and talking to my wife and She's like, what happened? Like, we, we come, I'm, I'm in trouble. I don't know what we're going to do. Uh, why? And she looked at my phone. <laughs> but that's just one of life adversity. Because here's the thought that came into my mind immediately. Well, I'm still responsible for taking care of a lot of people's lives. I'm still responsible for taking care of my family's lives. I know that I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I know that I can't just whine and cry about it and, and sulk. I got to get up and go do something. And it took us three or four weeks, but we found a way to pivot. We found a way to get on some digital platforms. We use, uh, you know, Zoom's the big one. We use something called Adobe Connect. Um, and we got a good chunk of our clients on board and are doing virtual trainings. So we had to pivot. This, this new normal everybody's talking about, I'd like you all to stop calling it the new normal. It's not the new normal. This is normal. Okay. It's the next normal that we all have to be preparing for, where it's a hybrid of, virtual and face-to-face and God only knows what else, but you, you better start doing the things that are necessary and you don't have to go crazy all at once. Pick one thing, mm-hmm. add that skill set in, pick another thing. Once you've mastered it, add that skill set in and you'll be prepared and you won't be looking back like Jesus, what happened? Where, how'd I get here? But that all com- comes back to the decision you have to make. A hundred percent. And one of the things that, you know, when we make that decision, uh, we also have to be willing to take that time to follow through and do it because, you know, especially when we get our, our backs against the wall, 
And we're like, oh man, I gotta like, I gotta recoup X amount of income because that was all rev that was guaranteed. It may be a month or so before I get back on the the path. You, you just have to remember that lag time and be okay with and stay focused and keep the work doing because you are going to see the results. We're just planting new seeds, sowing new ground, creating a new opportunity, and mm-hmm. it takes a minute. And w- that's where you know I'm hoping you know, when we're talking about this, you know, COVID craziness and the circus going on is that that does bring, it's almost like the the philosophy I was sort of alluding to is that we spent so much time having it so easy mm-hmm. that almost energetically we need, because if you look at it, a lot of people are actually creating more problems than there need to be yeah. out of it. And I wonder if that's an other than conscious desire to create new resistance that they know is missing so that they've got purpose again. Uh, I agree with you very much with, with what you're saying. And the big part of it is so many people are walking around in such an intense state of fear that they're making themselves sick, whether they have COVID or something else, they've made themselves sick and they're crippling any possible chance to build some positive momentum. Look, COVID is very real. For some people, it's more real than others. And I don't want to take away from anything, any, anybody and, and their fear because certainly there's a lot of deaths and, and I feel horrible for all that, for all the loss that's gone on. But at some point, we need to take responsibility for ourselves. At some point, we need to take responsibility for our mindsets and create a shift. If you want to walk in fe- around in fear, stay in your home, lock yourself in, and we'll see in a, in about 18 months, okay? But other than that, if you're willing to take that footstep out of your door, embrace the world for what the world has to offer. In your world, everybody, if look, if you're watching this, you are unbelievably, ridiculously, over-the-top, incredibly blessed because you have access to technology, you have access to friends, you have access to every resource you could possibly imagine and leverage that use that to your advantage but don't walk around in fear i'll wear a mask because they tell me i have to wear a mask if i get sick that i get sick i understand that if i die god forbid then then i die but i know this i've done absolutely everything i possibly can to live life to the fullest potential i can possibly fathom i've done everything i possibly can to impact people around me is in the most positive way I possibly can. And I certainly know that I've done everything I can to love and support my family and take care of them and, 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 and create a better future for them. But you can't live in fear. You just can't. And, and that goes for like everything. And that's, mm-hmm. that's so true. It's, I mean, it started out as like a sales conversation. And here we are realizing that everything is sales. Everything is influence. And the first person we need to sell is ourself. Yes. If we can't even do that, if we're being so inundated and allowing that to take us out of the game, it's going to be really challenging to actually get things done outside because we we already lost. You know, it's almost like, you know, you get your let's say the Green Bay Packers. Let's say one day the Green Bay Packers are uh, they're they're at the Super Bowl Mm -hmm. and the coach gets them together before the game and goes, oh, This game is going to suck. Oh, Oh my my gosh. We are going to get our asses beat, man. Like, oh, God, if if we weren't contractually obligated to 
beat to play this game, I'd say let's just forfeit and go home, but we've got to. But it's going to be long, it's going to be painful, and we're going to lose. Let's go get them. Like, it, yeah. The, the game is lost. We've already right. lost the game before even entering the field. That's and, exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. It's true in life. It's true in business. People, people have lost before they ever have shown up to play the game, whatever that, whatever that game is. I, and, you know, bringing, bringing it back to sales, I, I go on and my team goes on ride alongs with, with, uh, with sales reps for new accounts and we listen in on their phone calls. You can tell going into any of those conversations that they've, they've complete, there's no chance that they can win. They've completely lost. And it's all a mindset thing. Yep. It, it, it really is. There's two sales always being made in any business transaction. You're either selling them on yes, or they're selling you on no. Right. But you got to backtrack and come to a different sale first. The first sale, and you just mentioned this, has to be you. If you're not 100% all in on your offer, your solution, that you're doing the exact right thing, that what you're offering them is going to do something wonderful for them and impact them in such an amazing way, if you don't have that mindset with absolute rock solid, um, that much of a rock solid foundation, you're going to fail because their influence will trump yours. Yep. Person with the most confidence or the most certainty wins. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, go on. I was going to say, like to to back it up and to find other ways where that's exemplified is um, is impractical jokers. And if you've seen the show, right? I mean, when the things they do and the way they influence people, they'll even say it like, yeah, you just walk in a room and pretend that you want it. You just, it's all about confidence. You just walk in and, and people will just go along with you. Absolutely. You know, you can, you can choose to influence people one of two ways. The first way is you can be that negative Nelly and wine and gossip. And certainly people rally around that. But somebody with a strong mindset who's got that rot solid belief, who has that that enthusiasm and that that charisma that's coming across, will beat that negative garbage every time because everybody, everybody at some level wants to be around that positive intensity. Yeah. Because it feels so good. Yeah, you're either being affected or infected. Yes, you that's a See, I don't I don't have all the fancy phrases like that, but that's a good that's a hundred percent. I'm like a walking bumper sticker. <laughs> and and you know what? Interestingly enough, here, here's something that's pretty cool. When I when I look back at you know all my experience uh, between working with Tony and then the treatment and doing you know being an entrepreneur and all of that is compression. <laughs> How to take moments and shrink them down to you know because sometimes and, I, and I'm sure you've had this happen too where you you know you you're like hey I've got an hour long presentation I'm I'm ready to you know to do it and like yeah we've got 20 minutes and then you're like oh right and and so you have to master in in your craft like what it is to what to take out what to enhance what to kind of put the focus on so that you can still crush it in that 20 minutes rather than the hour yeah I had to do that, you know, with personal development, with getting people to change their mindset in a short period of time, because, you know, we just didn't, we only had an hour or so. So, you know, and sometimes it would happen like, oh, no, you got 45, you got 15. Uh, sorry, we, I, we could bring you on, but we went long. So you got 20 minutes and how to like get that really compressed. Yeah. Yeah, ab absolutely. And, and it, you, <laughs> you just stirred a thought of something that happened last week. So we're a feedback-driven organization. We listen to each other. We're constantly doing analysis and providing feedback. 
some people are a little bit more direct and rip the bandaid off faster than others. Like my assistant, <laughs> she listened into one of the trainings I did a week ago. And with this particular client, there was a story that's very relevant in, a, in an in-person training. If I'm standing in front of that group, that story plays incredibly well every single time. And so I offered it up and she texted me. She said, stop it. Don't ever tell that story again. Like what? And so when we were finished, uh, she said, you, you started to lose people. They didn't get it. They didn't understand it. Um, I was watching the reactions on the screen. So that was terrible. I'm really disappointed in you. Now, you have to know her. She, give, she comes from a, a loving place, but she's just a very direct person. Mm -hmm. Now, Doug, you know me and your, your viewers and listeners don't, um, but I'm a very emotional person. I wear my, my heart on my sleeves and I'm mm -hmm. a very loving person. And it, for her, it was ripping off the bandaid. For me, it was like 10,000 knives just coming right at me. Right. I, mean, I, was, I, was, I wanted to cry. <laughs> But here's the, here's, the, here's the lesson that I can tell you that comes out of that. You need to surround yourself with people who are dead, brutally honest. Mm -hmm. You need to hear the truth because until you hear the truth, nothing changes. You can't make any shifts. And so I know she comes from a place of love. She, she's, a, she's a very different way of, of showing it. She's a very direct person. And you know what? That helped me because in the next session I did with that client, I dropped a story. I changed it. And she, she said it went brilliant uh, just by that shift. But that only came from the fact that I, you, I'm surrounding myself with people who are honest and yeah. direct. And that's, that's a lesson we can all learn from. We all need to surround ourselves with those people. You don't want yes men or women around you. You don't want people blowing smoke your way. The, the more, if somebody's consistently throwing bullshit your way, pardon my language, kick them out of your lives. Mm -hmm. That's a cancer to your life. You want honesty. I, yeah, that's so true. And, and I'm, I'm sure you see it when you are coming into corporations and you see the high powered CEO or decision maker who has surrounded themselves with yes people, which makes that really hard for them to change and get the progress that they're asking for because they're delusional as to what actually needs to be changing and uh, they're harder to influence and to move because they're looking to their yes people for feedback and they're going well no no that's what's the matter no you're, you're awesome you're great no you don't have to change anything <laughs> it's a it's it's more common than we think you know they, they they make light of it and joke about it in movies and make fun of those people with the reason they're making fun of them is because they exist and there's they're, they're more common than than we really know when we walk into organizations, one of the things I'll tell them said, look, you're going to get two approaches from us. You're going to get the very direct approach and you're going to get the people who know how to navigate the politics of your organization. I am the direct person who does not water it down. I'm a long-winded person, but I won't want water it down. And I tell them that so if, if that's not going to work for you, we are not going to be a good fit. Let's just, let's just mm -hmm. stop the conversation right now. That said, we have a couple people who are going to help navigate through all of this just so we can get to the point we need to get to start making changes. But you got to surround yourself with people who are honest to you. Yeah. You know, tough love will get you further in life than lying and loving. Well, that's the thing is that, yes, if you're willing to get uncomfortable and run the risk of breaking rapport for a greater good, that long term is incredible and yeah. that those are the people who are willing to play the longer game and not be you know not to suffice to succumb to fear 
to mm-hmm. be afraid to offend or hurt somebody or, you know, that, you know, your assistant cares for you so much that they're willing to break rapport a little bit. And I, I'm sure she knew that you weren't going to appreciate the delivery <laughs> and you ultimately over like you so appreciated the 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 purpose of it and then the outcome which then you were able to move past it and and of course you know you're elevated enough and you know able to look at it and go i know she's not trying to be mean on purpose i but i still feel it doesn't change the the pain we feel when when someone says something that we care about and value their opinion on absolutely so her name is melissa melissa i love you thank you um (laughs) And Melissa did call me the next day or, or no, she didn't call. She, she messaged me and said, I hope you know that I'm, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. That's just how I am. I'm like, yes, Melissa, I, yeah. I know that. And it, guess what? It, it worked out. It worked yeah. out well. Um, yeah. And it's always great. I, I really appreciate when I've, I've worked with uh, some of those, you know, high level, you know, sort of baller CEOs that um, can look back and then, and go, uh, was that too much too soon too, <laughs> like was that you know like when, when we're talking about some leadership development or that kind of thing and some of the the way you know because there's multiple layers obviously of leadership development of training of the, the whole hierarchy and different levels of expectation and when that's not clear or someone doesn't understand the person that they're dealing with like you did with melissa a lot of companies sometimes they don't even understand their ceo mm-hmm. and then they instead of taking an approach of understanding like, oh, that guy's just a jerk or she's just a, you know, tyrant on, you know, in heels or whatever, instead of going, there's still people and they, they have found a strategy that worked to a point. And now they're looking to, if, if we're having this conversation, they are just as uncomfortable because they know that something's got to change and they just don't know what it is. And it takes a big step to go, maybe there is something I could do differently. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the beauties of the human dynamic is that we are all different. We do bring different approaches and different communication strategies to conversations and relationships. And it's fun to be a part of that and to witness it and to experience it and, and learn from it and grow from it and certainly be challenged by it. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's absolutely wonderful, wonderful aspect of the world we live in that we get to have all of that in our lives. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, back to our the blessings. Like, are, yeah. we are blessed, and are we out there uh, paying it forward, mm-hmm. adding value? And also, I think here's an interesting thing, and it's something that I've dealt with myself as well. Is is remembering that if people don't have some skin in the game, it's not going to be valued. Right. And you know, so this goes to coaches and speakers and all of that as well. Like, yeah, there's a time and place for pro bono. And there's a time and place where you've got to know your value and know that you're actually hurting people by doing it for nothing mm-hmm. or un- or doing it for less than you're worth uh, because it'll be treated that way. And then it just folds in on yourself. Yeah. It, it, you know, you're, you're absolutely correct. Um, you do need to know your value. You do need to know your worth. You do need to believe in it. Um, and and I, look, I'm a business guy. I'm an entrepreneur, a sales guy you got to charge for what you're worth. That mm-hmm. said, there is a time and a place to help others. We, we have helped uh, smaller organizations that, you know, no, no way could they afford the, the, the extra expense to pay for us at the time. So um, that's so you also, the way I look at that is I scale. 
So I think to myself, look, if this company is doing, you know, X amount in revenue, if I'm charging half of what I charge the other company, it's still more to that company than it is to this big company who I'm charging twice as much it percentage wise. And so the investment is still as big comparatively. Yes. Yes, it is. The one thing I would say is don't ever give away anything for free. Right. Because to your point, if there's no skin in the game, you're not going to take any action. I, I, I have, I have a buddy of mine help him out all the time because I love him dearly. But the bottom line is he doesn't implement anything because he has no skin in the game. You know, right. he, he wants to grow, but he's not going to do it. And he's my, you know, I care about him so much. Um, and and, I think we all and he, he's going to, he's going to see, he's going to see this, by the way, he's going to see yeah. this, by the way, maybe that'll be the impetus to, for him to do something. Maybe. Well, yeah. And, and here's the thing. We all have, I think we all have friends like that where there's a, a few people who we just love dearly. And, you know, we do like, Hey, you know, just always offering some advice or, you know, what about this? Or here's a resource. Hey, have you thought about this? Let me call, call this person. And then uh, the way I look at it is like, I offer it and I, I don't, I don't take any uh, umbrage if, uh, you know, if something doesn't happen of it. I, I don't push because I'm not being paid to coach. So it's like, oh, did you do that? No. Okay. You know, I'm not going to make you feel bad for doing it because I'm not coaching you. I'm just, I'm, I'm your friend who happens yeah. to coach and train and have these resources. Uh, but I'm not, you know, I, I also then take out a little skin of my own. So I don't feel like, you know, bad because they didn't. And I go, oh, I'm like, I'm not a good coach. I'm not a good trainer. I, you know, what I have to say doesn't work because, you know, look, they're not getting results. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, I mean, you're in that coaching business. We, I, we used to be a lot and we, we haven't much. I have a, you know, just thinking about what you're saying, we have uh, 14 people that we coach. Mm-hmm. I could probably charge a hundred times what I'm charging to each of them. They pay it, but that's not the business. I do it because the, these are people that take massive action. We recommend something based on a conversation debrief. They do it. This it's almost like they're starting to do it as we're talking. And at times it gets frustrating, but they take so much action. There's some of the people that impress me the most in life, but I'm not going to work with anybody else uh, unless they're willing to take that, that much right action as part of the process, you know, just not going to do it. Um, they're, they're, you know, I'll leave, I'll leave the, the coaching to you. You can get through to all those others. Well, it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's part of what I do. Um, cause I look at people, you know, people run businesses. So I'm yeah. always, there's always an element of my looking at the, what I can do to help drive the personal to, you know, uplevel the professional. Um, and that's always my fundamental. So I just, that, that's the feeling, but you said it yourself too. It's all mindset anyway. So that's the, the, where I have most of my experience because my, my attitude, and I look at this, like, even when I'm training NLP and all that, it's like, look, I could, in sales techniques, I could teach you the best, coolest, you know, language patterns there are, and I could do all this. But if you go into it going, ah, this is stupid, this isn't going to work, or I'm not good at this or whatever, I could teach it to you and it's not going to resonate. It's not going to land. You won't apply it. And then you're going to say it doesn't work. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And, and here's the other thing. <laughs> now I'll complicate it. It is mindset first, skill set second. But that said, one of the things that can help your mindset is having the skill set. Right. Means yeah, build the confidence. You, yeah. Chicken or egg. You need to practice your art every day, your craft, whatever that is, whatever your profession is. Agreed. If you're in sales, which is my arena, you need to be role playing 
all the time. It should be a daily function. You should be mastering something and working on mastering something every single day in sales. If you're a baker or if you're a dry cleaner or you're a roofer or you're a nurse or you're whatever you are, every day there's some skill that you can improve on. And the more confident and comfortable you are to, to the point where it becomes that that um, unconscious competence, you know, going going back to the, the four levels of learning, it will help drive your mindset and, and, and oh, build yeah. that confidence. I, I remember uh, when I was working with Tony, uh, he added a, it was like a, maybe a 30 minute piece on something. And uh, I was talking to uh, his, you know, like guys on the team and all that. And they're like, he was up till four in the morning practicing. Yeah. Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins, one guy on the planet woodsheds a 30 minute piece all night before he goes out there. And like he just it, 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 he understands how important that is. Or you just shared that mastery, uh, the, the that repetition of so you can own it. Yeah, absolutely. You have to over and over and over. I, I tell salespeople all the time, you know what? You know, what is you're, you're going in to make this presentation? Let me hear it. Well, you know, and that's more often than not the answer. I say, no, 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 no. I, pretend I'm that customer. Tell me all about that customer. Tell me all about the stakeholders that you're about to present to. Let me play that role with you for just give me, I'll just do it for five minutes with you. And I, and I will let you know what the hurdles are so you can avoid them. Because well, there's certain things that you're going to say. It's hard to do it to role play. So if you could do it in a role play. It's like putting the it's like putting the weight on the bat before you swing a bunch of times. You do that a few times, like as a you know role play with some with your boss or your superior or yeah. you know even your peer, someone that like you really value their opinion, and you know you've got a lot of leverage. You you master that and you crush it out in the real world because you've got absolutely extra energy, especially when you role play with a guy like me who uh, I'm not really a sarcastic person, but when I role play. I'm sarcastic and obnoxious and I'm doing it to throw them off. Right. And if they can get past me, there's, there's nobody they can stand in front of that will, that will face them. Yep. hundred percent. So um, who's like, so as we're wrapping up here, who is like your ideal client customer, you know, like prospect. So if, as people are listening and they're, they're obviously going to, you know, be loving you already, how would they know that you're their guy? So uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I would say, so our ideal client, we work in the business to business selling environment. Uh, typically sales teams starting from 10 to about 150. Beyond 150, there, there's, there's a lot of additional politics involved that I just don't care to deal with. And, and mm -hmm. I've made a conscious business decision to not go that route. So whether you're a small or a mid cap organization or even a large cap, I mean, we work with several several clients that are are um, several billion dollar organizations. Um, if you're in that 10 to 150 salesperson range, we are definitely the the, the fit for you. On occasion, we'll, we'll still go back to my old stomping grounds and we'll, we'll work with some some contractor type sales, but mm -hmm. nothing nothing in the retail realm or business to doctor sales, nothing along those lines. Um, strictly strictly business to business. We, we found that's our sweet spot where we can create the biggest, uh, most impact. At, at that size, those sales organizations tend to be incredibly nimble and can make shifts really, really fast. And, and that's important when you want to see results because the bottom line is we're, we're, our success comes from their results. And right. I know people say that all the time, but here's the thing. If, 
if we come in and put a sales development program in and your sales don't go up and your margins don't improve, guess what happens to my business? Bye-bye. Yep. It's the, it's, it's the bottom line. So uh, those are the, those are the type of organizations we look for. Again, that, that 10 to 150 salesperson range business to business selling applications. And it doesn't, and we don't put revenue targets on it because I, we have one client that's an $8 billion client, uh, $8 billion a year revenue, uh, their revenues, excuse me, $8 billion a year. They only have 31 salespeople. So wow. yeah. you, you would think it would be something different than that. Um, Sweet. I will tell you, that we do have NDAs with most of our clients, about 80, 87% of them. So we typically don't disclose who we work with mm-hmm. unless you, you give us permission to. We do have some clients that say, hey, tell everybody you're working with us because we want them to buy our products too. Right, yeah. So um, just note that there is quite a bit of confidentiality because we're around financials and, and we, right. we dig through them with clients. Okay. So how would uh, someone get in touch with you to uh, learn more? Uh, so two two ways you can well three ways Willie go to go to our website which is uh, gregcaroli.com uh, g r e g k a r o l y dot com hit me up on LinkedIn is a great resource to get me I love engaging on on LinkedIn it's how I met you mm-hmm. um, all those years ago and and look where we are today uh, still dearest of friends yeah uh, you, you know you. All of my contact information is on all of those in all those places. So even if we're not connected on LinkedIn, you will find my direct number. You will find my direct email. Not, I don't hide behind anything. One of the you know one of the challenges today that that people face is they want to be out there and they want to connect with other people, but that yet they don't give you any way to connect with them. Right. And here's what I mean: go to most corporate websites. I defy you to find a general a, a number to connect with anybody. Our yeah. phone numbers are right there. My email's right there. You will, you will get right to me. Whether you're connected to me or not, happy to help you out. Love it. Awesome, brother. Well, thank you so much for uh, sharing your most valuable assets, your time and your wisdom. Uh, it's always a trip. Just, you know, I, I know it's, it's so funny. Like these are kind of some of the talks we have anyway, like just talking about like cool stuff and going down little rabbit holes and, and whatnot. So yes, uh, the, this is a very typical conversation for us going all, <laughs> all different directions. It's now we put it on, you know, show it to the world that's for, right. for, uh, for better uh, or worse. Yeah, I, I love you for who you are and who you aren't. And, um, you know, I'm so glad that, you know, we've been able to keep this uh, so blessed that we've been able to keep this relationship going strong, uh, even with the uh, time zone and uh, mileage difference. Uh, but we do get to bump into each other at Disney World and stuff. So that's that's right. A, a nice uh, gift. February, buddy. We'll be there. All right. I we just, will I just forced the decision out of, out of Kelly last night. So. Perfect. Uh, what are the dates? Don't you don't have to say them out loud now. We'll we'll uh, talk offline. And sounds uh, <laughs> good. Early early February. We'll be there. Cool. We will see. But you listen, there. thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And let me share my message for whatever that message is worth to other people. I uh, love you, and uh, yeah, we'll see each other soon. You got it, brother. Thank you so much. Take see care. You see you, everyone. Peace. Bye. Thank you so much for stopping by and hanging with us and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast right here and we look forward to serving you even more remember download your free guided hypnotic meditation at guidedhypnotic.com that's guidedhypnotic.com where you'll get your free anxiety busting meditation 
We look forward to serving you, and if you have any questions, comments, please feel free to reach out. All right, we love you for who you are and who you aren't. God bless.